Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen. Is joining me as always on Tuesdays, Mr. Matthew Rooney. Andy's over talking a little golf on the Betsperts Golf Channel with Mr. Noonan. We bring in Maddie, and it's a great time of year because Maddie knows baseball, Maddie knows Maction, and Maddie knows a little puck. I couldn't think of an M hockey word. That was kind of disappointing. Is there an M hockey word I missed? No, I don't think so. I can't think. I can't come up with one off the top of my head. Um, but I do know both. I know baseball. I I, I know Maction as much as a lot of people know Maction, which is not a whole lot. I just tune in because it's exciting, and we take some educated guesses on there. And just I love bad football, and that's what Maction is. It's my favorite time of year. It's I, again. I'm not a big college sports guy. I'm spoiled, and I'm kind of a brat. I try to stick to the professionals, if you will. But Maction does have an allure. The style. It's the style of the teams. I guess the fact that it's football on during the middle of the week and all that stuff. But we'll get to that in a little bit. There was supposed to be a baseball game last night, Maddie. Instead, it rained and rained and rained, and they didn't let them play, which was okay. We got to watch the Cleveland Browns beat up on the Bengals. Any thoughts on that? That's a game weird game. I didn't watch a ton of it. But that was a from what I was watching. It was a weird game, and I'm not someone who loves talking about their fantasy football team. But I needed like two points from Joe Burrow to win my matchup, and I checked the score at halftime, and I checked my my lineup, and I'm like, he has one like point eight points, and I'm like, oh, it's halftime, and I still haven't gotten the two points. I got a little worried, um, but I think that was a little bit of the Bengals being without Jamar Chase and kind of figuring that out, as well as the Browns figuring out their running game a little bit. The Browns. I like watching running football whenever I get a chance to, and I do like watching the way they play. I mean, Nick Chubb gets the first touchdown, but that's kind of what Nick Chubb does, and the rest of the game was all right. It's always fun to watch those games. Um, Again, there was supposed to be baseball. That got rained out, but we do have baseball tonight, and I can see your pick here, and I'm going to try to sit back and take this with a measured reaction. But I think this is okay, and I may have – you know, I like those this-then-that bets, those little if-then bets, and I think I might use this and – have a more positive ending to the game. But why don't you break down what you see tonight and who's going? I mean, who's even pitching at this point? Well, that's part of the reason why I like the Astros' first half money line tonight. I'm not sure who's going to win the game. I think once you in the playoffs, once you kind of get to the bullpens, anything can happen. It's a crapshoot, and any of these pitchers can have an off night. But in terms of the starting uh, starting pitching matchup, you have Lance McCullers throwing for Houston, who's a guy who's been there several times for them in the playoffs. He's experienced. He's thrown in the playoffs on the road. And I trust kind of the steady handedness of of the Astros starter over Ranger Suarez for Philly, who has had a nice year, but he hasn't been all that great. Uh, I'm sorry. He's been fine, but his last two outings have been more in relief have been in relief appearances coming home in a tie series, making your first world series start against a team like Houston. I can see him being a little juiced up like to the point where it's acting. There's a good type of, you know, excited and pumped up. And then there's a little bit of an overexcitedness. And I have a feeling a first time starter in a hostile, it's a rowdy environment, I should call it, because they'll be, they'll be behind him, but a rowdy environment in Philly. Um, I trust in the first half, the steady handedness of Houston. Now, if they can keep this a game and it's a, you know, a 2 1 game going into the fifth or the sixth, really like Philly's chances there. And I, I might look at a, a live money line for the Phillies at home. But uh, just with the starting pitching matchup tonight, I tend to lean towards an Astros money line. Might even dabble on their uh, just the straight up result, which will be a plus money. Uh, just I, I like the pitching matchup in favor of Houston here, at least the starting p- pitching matchup. I'm trying to see if I can find a, a fill, a, an Astros first five Phillies full game bet. I assume that's a thing they have. 
Uh, you can probably find Nevada's it somewhere. and forever to load here. Hmm. Ooh, I, I'm looking at your NBA bets, and I, I see one uh, one line that I like, but that's a that's that's a little bit of a teaser. Did, did we uh, did we get your mom to a to a World Series game yet? Did we get any tickets? Uh, not yet. We're still working on that. Um, Let's go, yeah, brown bag bets, people. Is, but yeah, no, it's fine. We'll figure it out again. The game being pushed back is going to open things up a little bit, so we'll see how it goes. Again, worst case, we're going to go lurk near the stadium and, and see what we can find out. But now, um, you know, if you can lurk near the stadium during a win, that's almost as good. it's the next best thing to being inside the stadium because it'll be every bit as rowdy outside of there as it will be in. Just don't oh, climb any. Uh, don't climb any uh, phone poles or, or light poles for me. No, not a lot of climbing. Um, I don't think no. there will be any of that. But in the meantime, we do have some basketball tonight. I know that everyone's excited about all this baseball nonsense, and action should be pretty good. But two NBA bets for me tonight. I know one of them you're going to like quite a bit, um, and it's a really, really great spot tonight for your Chicago Bulls. Wow. Zach Levine is back. Um, looking right now to see if this line has moved off that news. No, actually, um, there's a little better number. Is Levine officially playing tonight? Did they did they announce that? It looked like they did. I saw um, – Okay, because I know they got, they got a back-to-back, and they've been – I mean, he's been playing one out of every two, so I wasn't sure which one he was going to play. But I like that. I like that he's playing tonight. Just a great, great schedule spot here for you guys. Um, for the Nets, this is their fifth game in seven nights, also a back-to-back for them. Really struggled this season to beat any teams. I mean, the Nets last night almost came back to get keep that game very close. They definitely covered the spread. They didn't get quite to our team total, but things still look pretty good for them. And, you know, more times than not, I think we get to the numbers we had last night. But tonight, I, I like this matchup for the Bulls. They're a solid team. They're not afraid of this Brooklyn Nets team. Again, have the dynamic guards with Levine in. We've seen teams with scoring guards do really well against this Nets team. I just really like where, how the Bulls line up and just a great spot to fade um, a Brooklyn Nets team that's been bad anyway. So give me the Bulls to win this game at plus money. You can take the spread. It's one and a half, two points right now, but just give me the money line. Plus anything looks great. I have this game, you know, pretty much even Bulls small favorites here. So plus anything on the money line will be a really nice um, fatigue fade basically for us here for the Nets. And then Warriors Heat over 227. Um, that number is still floating around there. Just going to continue to play Warriors overs. Um, you know, given the way that they're slowing their starters down, there isn't as much defensive continuity. At the same time, more minutes for the younger players like Kaminga, Moody, Poole pushes the pace for them a lot. And we've seen a ton of scoring in their games. Just about all of them have gone over 230, you know, maybe just a couple under that number. But the Miami Heat, not the defensive juggernaut they've been in the past. I, I think the Tyler Hero players like that will have really big numbers tonight for the Miami Heat. So, um, this is a total came out for me closer to 231. So over 227, over 228. If you happen to see this late, it moves a little bit for you. looks good tonight. Over has been pretty good to start this season. I, I think there was a little too much tilting and maybe looking at last early season. We had that rule sort of emphasis, if you will, around the fouling. And not as much of that this year. Um, really like this over. And I continue to hope that overs will be good. So over 227, Heat Warriors play that to 228. And Bulls on the money line plus anything tonight against what should be an exhausted Brooklyn Nets team. We'll see if even we get lucky. Maybe they rest somebody. I like it. I'm all in on that. All in on a Bulls money line. I'm excited right. for this spot, too. They played the Nets pretty well last year. They did. It's it's a de- it's not the worst matchup for them. Um, you know, Patrick Williams being healthy, Caruso being able to be out there and slow down Irving. Um, there's a lot of you things call that they the could preseason too. Andre Drummond has made a massive difference for them, and a lot of people here were kind of like, why? Like he wasn't who he, he he wasn't his normal self last year. Why go bring him in? 
he's made a huge difference for him. And he didn't play the Philly game where Joel uh, Embiid hit that three at the buzzer, not the buzzer, but just about the buzzer. That was a fantastic basketball game. But, you know, I think if you have a guy like Andre Drummond playing in that game, not that it maybe I think it might have been a little bit of a different game. I think it gives the Bulls a little bit of a better chance and a better chance to match up with a guy like Joel Embiid. Is he going to be able to fully stop him? Obviously not. But the reason the Bulls have struggled so much against the Sixers is because they have no answer for a guy like that inside. And I think Drummond kind of addresses that problem a little bit. But he's been really good. He's recorded a couple double-doubles already. He's rebounding like a machine off the bench. And that's really what this team has been missing the last uh, you know year, year and a half since they traded for Vooch. It's It might be, uh, you know, again, uh, it's just kind of a, a thought that I've had. I think it might be the next thing that teams try to find in the NBA now that everybody's got more shooting, everybody's know, figured out how to maximize three-pointers and ball movement and things like that. There are fewer and fewer guys in the league who can protect the rim and rebound at a, at a proficient rate. I think part of the reason the Cavaliers are so good is they have two of the best guys that do that in terms of Mobley and Jared Allen. It's part of the reason some of these big guys can still play. And for 15, 20 minutes a night, Drummond comes in, he gives you plus-level defense, covers up some stuff on the back end, and there's something to be said for clearing the boards. Um, we see a lot of teams have success attacking on the offensive rebound, um, offensive class and stuff. So I think it's definitely been a good signing for you guys. And, you know, the Bulls have been – pretty decent so far they're not quite at a winning record i think just shy of 500 at this point now they're on their way they're having they're having problems with slow starts and that happens in the nba especially early especially with a team like the bulls who are already kind of banged up and levine isn't playing every game but uh they've been shooting a little bit better so far this year and you've seen a few more games where they're, they're getting some more contributions off the bench and the three-point shooting has been there a little bit more so i think they'll be better as uh as the year goes on but it's been a not the easiest of schedules for them either to, to open up the year here and that was our Tuesday Talking Bulls segment where I ask news <laughs> questions about my favorite basketball team. It's all good. Everybody likes the Bulls. It's There's a map, I think. Exactly. I think it was Lids put out put that a map every year. I, I think I saw this. Are the most popular teams or the most hats that they sold in most of the country's Bulls. And it makes sense. It's a cool logo. Everyone loves Michael Jordan. But you know what everybody else loves? Mashing. We've talked about it a couple times now. Let's get to it. I love that we're already going to be on Ball State. Just endless amount of humor and, and giggles thinking about ball state and then we've got ohio not miami of ohio just ohio no and this is i was talking with dan beforehand and i won't lie to you i haven't watched a ton of mac football this year but i do you know but when action starts to roll around i start keeping an eye on team scores stats all that all that good stuff and i'm going back to a formula that i used last year i gave up action picks uh, on the show a lot last year um i had a a I picked every game. I had a blog series on Betsburts where I picked every game. I went like 11 and 6, 12 and 5, something like that. And my formula for the most part was underdogs and overs. And I think with how well that worked last year, uh, I'm going to kind of try and, and see if I can recreate that magic here. Um, getting seven points in the MAC, Ball State is a four and four team. Kent State's three and five. Records don't really matter here because if you look at Kent State's schedule, they've had, they, they, played at Georgia. I'm blanking on the other two power five teams they play this year, but they played some pretty tough competition early. So while the schedule, while the record doesn't look great, the schedule um, certainly justifies it and three and five actually isn't too bad for them, but you have two teams that are, you know, ball States averaging just under 25 points a game. Kent State's averaging over 28. Both teams are allowing, uh, I believe either over 30, just near 30, might be 28 and three, two, something like that. Um, and both teams are allowing a ton of yards per game. I'm looking at it here. Uh, Kent State's on 450 yards a game. Oh, my face is gone, maybe. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but, uh, You're good. Keep going. We can hear you. Ball, Ball State is, is allowing um, 
just under 400 yards a game. So both teams combined allowing over 800 yards of offense. I think you're going to see points. And I think giving a touchdown in Maction is just too much to be doing. So I like the uh, the underdog and the over there. And then Ohio is at home. I've been betting on Ohio at home in Maction for the last four or five years. And for whatever reason, that's just always a fallback spot for me. Uh, pulling up their numbers here. Oh, my face is back. That's nice. Um, both teams scoring over 30 points a game. Ohio's allowing 35 points a game. Buffalo's allowing like 25 points a game. Uh, you have a, two teams getting uh, – two teams – averaging over 400 yards a game you have uh, i think ohio's allowing close to 500 dan and i were talking buffalo is very susceptible to the big play while their defense has been solid they allow a ton of big plays and i think uh, a defense that allows big plays on the road and action uh, could give so give the home team a good amount of momentum so i'm going to fall back at the old formula here go with ohio getting the points and the over 58 underdogs and overs gonna do it until it bites me i like it I just I'm a big fan of this altogether. I think you're doing something that, that makes sense. I wonder if, I don't know, I guess a general less a, a, a totals going under are probably better for underdogs, but mm-hmm. I just, it's it's the middle of the week, right? This is a weird start yep. time for these teams. Now, do these teams get like the weekend off before? Yeah, so like these, te- two, these, teams did, these teams did not play last week. Um, gotcha. So they got the week off. Uh, so that's, and then another thing with Max and China, we've talked about it here, you know, before the hurricane, you know, keeping an eye, uh, keeping an eye on the weather. This is definitely a, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday nights where a lot of these teams obviously are playing in the Midwest, whether that's Ohio, whether that's Illinois, whether that's Michigan, keep an eye on the weather because there are some weird weather games there this time of year in the Midwest, you know, it could go from 50 something and sunny, which is, I think what it's supposed to be at Kent state to, you know, 22 and windy the, the next week so keep an eye on that weather because that's that's something that obviously affects the total and you get some weird weird weather spots in the midwest at night um so that, that's something just to keep an eye on too if, if you can get some 20 30 mile an hour wind games and that if that's the case you don't really want to take an over but um usually these t- these totals go way over or way under it's usually it's usually something that leaves no doubt i'm going to bank on some overs that makes sense to me. It's and again, weather is always a big deal. Like you said, especially in the Midwest, especially this time of year. Um, you know, you've got a lot of these. I think. Well, I'm trying to think of how many of these are near lakes, right? Like that's always the big yeah. deal, especially in Chicago, right? Like you got something bounces off the lake, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the temperatures change 15, 20 degrees, and there's a huge wind coming in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good idea. Pay attention to those, and I like that you talk about kind of having a system, if you will, or a strategy, and. That's kind of what the same thing I did with tennis here. Um, Let's go late in the season. Overs, I see a lot of overs. Small tournaments. We're going back to the set overs here. Um, in some of these small events, it's really hard to get a hold of. Let me take a step back. One of the hardest things to do in tennis, and I think any sport, is to compare the very best to the very worst. And we've got a lot of those in the first couple of days of these tournaments. Like at smaller events where some very good players uh, were coming down just to try to scoop up some points. And then you've got the WTA finals, which is kind of a strange tournament. It's not a bracket, it's a round robin. Um, you know, you really only have to win two of your first three matches to kind of get through. So um, a little bit of funky timing, but. Um, Two spots here. I really like these first set overs. I think we have a great chance to stack up. Maybe see two tiebreakers. Coco Golf playing Caroline Garcia. The full match total is at 22, right where it should be. And I've talked about this before. A lot of times you'll see that total at a very juicy 21 and a half or 22 as it should be. But that first set line just doesn't quite get adjusted far enough as far as I think. Now, the price for nine and a half, 
right around minus 125, minus 130, pretty close to where it should be. But I don't think there's proper adjustments here for 10 and a half and 12 and a half. Happy to take over both of those. And was actually surprised. Um, just about every regulated book has a number on this. You should be able to find this at any any of those shops. A little harder to find offshore, but Andy always says those are on Heritage or um, Bet 105 if you have an account there. It's just a Heritage copy. So give me Goff Garcia, first set over. I think there's a great chance we see a tie break. Both women play really long sets, especially in the first. And then in a smaller event in Texas, we took some um, tennis there in Challenger Midland. Going back just one match here, Katie McNally, Alicia Parks. Thought about maybe taking Parks as a dog here. The money line showed a little bit of value, but not quite enough. Her spread at four and a half. Closer to right than wrong, in my opinion. But, um, you know, given the dynamic of a lot of these WTA matches, you have long first sets, quick second sets. I think this has a great chance to be 6-4, 7-5, maybe even a tiebreaker at 7-6. And love 9.5 anytime I can get it a nice plus number like this, especially in a, what I think will be a competitive match. There's even a plus 120 out there if you look hard enough. And then 10.5, 12.5, you know, split up a unit, a unit and a half or so with little smaller bets on those other two, stack them up. But, yeah, first set overs here in Tech. Texas Golf Garcia all the way from 10 and a half to 12 and a half and McNally Parks in Midland nine and a half to 12 and a half all the way up. I just I love overs. I I don't uh, like I don't claim to know a whole bunch about tennis betting, but usually when I see a bunch of plus money picks and some overs with you, I you see me looking down at my phone. Usually it's me while you're talking, going into DraftKings or FanDuel and getting in some I'm of those sure. bets so I don't have to go back and check the graphic every every day. Andy does the same thing. We're used to it now. It's, I want to get uh, it. I want to make sure I get it because I also I don't know if <laughs> some of these matches are starting <laughs> ten minutes after we hang up with this. With this luckily, this show. will all be later today, so you've got some time. But you asked me about the Bulls. The Flyers are five and two. That's a surprise. They right? are. The Flyers are. I mean, and anything can happen uh, with the NHL. It usually but does. They're off to a. They're off to a very good start this year. It's not something I think is going to be terribly sustainable. I think they've had some some injuries there too to some core players, but. Uh, it's it's a nice start for them. I think at some point it'll probably come crashing down somewhere to my Blackhawks, and I, I have their game in here as well. Um, but when you're a team that's rebuilding and you're looking for any sort of signs to kind of believe in, in your team, a hot start like this is nice. It gives you something to look back on, give you some some concrete examples of what could possibly be coming in the future. So good uh, good starts for both of our squads here, for both of our squads that we're supposed to not be very be bad. I agree. It's you know eventually, it might, you know, eventually I think if you're the Flyers, you probably want to be bad because there are two or three like franchise changing picks at the top of the draft this year. Um, so eventually, I think you want yourself to kind of you know start losing, get yourself sell off some pieces, and get yourself in that top three. But still, signs of life early on where your team is actually going out competing, playing for the coach. It, it's a good thing to see. I like that. That's good. A little positivity here. And yeah. as you said, you like the bet overs and uh, no surprises here, I guess. You know, Blackhawks overs have just been a thing for the last, oh, I don't know, since they've really started being bad for the last, you know, five or so years. And this year hasn't been a difference. Uh, pulling up their their games here, their last two, they've scored, their, their last two games have hit eight and nine. Uh, the Hawks are scoring a lot, and they're also letting up a lot of goals. The, the offense has been uh, a pleasant surprise so far this year. The power play has been pretty good. On the contrary, defensively, they haven't been all that very good. Their goaltending situation is not fantastic, uh, and they're playing without their best defenseman and Seth Jones, who's one of the better defensemen in the NHL. He's out for a few weeks with, a, I believe it's a thumb issue. So look for goals, goals, goals in this game. The Islanders, too, who you usually think of as a team that play you know these 2-1 tight checking games, 
They're scoring almost four goals a game early on in this season and allowing close to three. Well, that probably comes back down to the mean at some point soon. Uh, I look for this one to be an over. I think just Blackhawks games in general tend themselves to an over because I think they're playing a little bit more uh, of an aggressive style right now, and that's going to lead to more goals for them and more opportunities for the other team. And when your goalie is not all that good and you're letting the other team get more scoring opportunities, that's usually going to backfire on you. Uh, but the Blackhawks, again, are a team like your Flyers, probably in a position where they're going to be selling at some point later and looking for that draft pick. So that's just fine with me. Be fun. Just be fun. Don't don't be bad and be be not fun. Be bad and lose five to four. And <laughs> I can have some fun watching your game. Um, and then I'm going to go with the pulling up their stats here. The Golden Knights team total over three and a half. Uh, they've been a very pleasant surprise so far to start this year. A lot of they really regressed the last couple of years. They had a terrible year last year, missed the playoffs down the stretch. They've been really hot. They've been scoring a lot of goals. I'm going to take their team total over three and a half at plus money tonight. Uh, they're scoring over four goals a game. The Capitals come into this one on the back end of a, a back-to-back. They're playing their backup goaltender, and the Caps have just been okay so far this year. So I think you see a faster, higher-flying Golden Knights team going up against the Caps team. It's probably got some tired legs and a backup goalie. I think that's going to lead to several chances for the Golden Knights and a plus money to just score four-plus for them. Um, I really like that opportunity. You look at Vegas here. They've scored four-plus in two of their last three. Uh, so I'm going to take their team total over against a tired-legged Capitals team with a backup goalie in that, most likely. I shouldn't say it's official, but they played last night. Their starter played last night, so assuming that you're going to see the backup tonight. I can dig it. Backup goalies, that's always a good thing for overs, I assume. That's why they're the backup, right? Yeah, exactly. They're usually fine, but not always great. Well, folks, I think that's all we've got. I don't know. Are there any other sports that we miss anything? There's probably like darts or something weird like that. And it will, there's golf, but that's, you know, that's what Andy's soccer for. every day. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what's I'd... going with you. Soccer? Anybody got soccer? No, nothing. Dan's right. a soccer well, guy, but I don't think we got anything for it today. <laughs> well, five sports. Hopefully that's enough for you. If Even if it is, give us a thumbs up anyway. Just be nice. You like us. We're nice guys. Give us a thumbs up. Like, rate, review. Do all that good stuff. And we'll be back for a little hump day betting action with Andy. See you tomorrow.